in three, in two, in one. Hi everybody, Tim Anderson here, the Appraiser's Advocate. Thanks for sitting down with me. We call this podcast an Appraiser's Trip to the Moon and the locks, bagels, cream cheese, and shrimp and grits behind it. A lot of appraisers are quick to make the case that most state investigators are not real estate appraisers. This is true. Nevertheless, this logic is displaced at best and dubious at worst. Now, you rightly ask, why is this so? How can a non-appraiser investigate me, an appraiser? He or she does not know what to look for, does not know USPAP, has not my training and background, etc., all of this is likely true, although some investigators are or were appraisers. Despite the fact all of this is true, it's also all irrelevant. Its base is the curious logic of reasoning from a false premise. So, what's a false premise? Keep listening. Recently, my wife and I went to our favorite restaurant for breakfast. Given the tenor of those times, there was a sign on the door. It let us know that failure to wear a mask inside the restaurant was grounds for the restaurant to deny us entry. The logic of eating while sporting a mask eludes me, but I don't make the rules. I merely conclude that those who do make them tend to make them up as they go, or are simply idiots. My wife, rather indignantly, not to mention loudly, stated, We did not need to wear masks the last time we came here, which was true. However, it was also irrelevant. What happened in the past does not in and of itself stage the present nor presage the future. She reasoned from the false premise that nothing changes, begging the question that the past predicted the future. From a metaphysical standpoint, that may be true, but it's irrelevant from a microphysical standpoint, as well as at that restaurant. We know the chef and the owner very well, and mentioned this logical anomaly to him. He smiled while he told us that to wear a mask was a county ordinance. I smiled as I told him his restaurant was not in the county, but in an incorporated town, thus not subject to county regulation. He smiled again, this time, however, with somewhat less humor. He told us he had weathered one shutdown, but could not survive another. We understood. So, sans masks, we enjoyed breakfast on the patio. Clearly, the C-19 virus cannot exist there, since there was no mask requirement for the patio, and since C-19 viruses obviously live in mortal fear of patios. By the way, the shrimp and grits were heavenly. But back to reasoning from a false premise. To claim that a non-appraiser, such as a state investigator, lacks the training, education, experience, and so forth to investigate if an appraiser has violated USPAP and or state statute withers under the logic of examination. By this logic, only a bank robber could investigate another bank robber. Only a blackmailer could investigate another blackmailer. As you can see, these are false premises. Given their patent falsity, any deduction derived from them are equally false. How so? Suppose you concluded the moon was composed of cream cheese. Were you to journey there under that fault assumption, and with a payload of fresh bagels, you would likely end up with nothing more than a payload of stale bagels, not to mention an astronomically unrequited Jones for bagels and cream cheese. Did anyone remember to pack the locks? 
Investigators generally are not trained appraisers for numerous reasons. One of the big ones is that the investigator is not appraising anything, thus does not need to be an appraiser. Rather, the investigator is investigating to determine if there is any evidence the appraiser failed to comply with USPAP standards 1 and 2. Here's a decision from the Oklahoma State Appraisal Board that might interest you. It charged an appraiser with 37 different USPAP violations. To name but a few, one. There was no statement of the reporting option in the report. There is no need to be an appraiser to read USPAP and then determine this disclosure is a requirement. Number two. In the certification, there was no disclosure of those providing significant appraisal assistance. Anybody who can read USPAP can see this is a requirement when such disclosure is important. Number three. In the report, there was no summary of the appraiser's support and rationale for the highest and best use conclusion, and this simply is because in the appraisal there was no highest and best use conclusion. Merely checking the box on page one under cite is not the development of a highest and best use conclusion, something USPAP makes really clear. Four, there was no support in the report or the work file for cite value. USPAP makes it clear to anybody reading it that this is a requirement of Standard Rule 1-4B1. Then, in USPAP's preamble, it's clear that, quote, the Appraisal Standards Board promulgates USPAP for users of appraisal services, unquote, not merely for appraisers. Given this clear intent, to claim that only an appraiser can investigate another appraiser is to deny users of appraisal services are capable of reading and understanding USPAP. It is self-evident this is not true. A police detective will investigate cases of robbery, homicide, arson, auto theft, kidnapping, etc. Nevertheless, the police detective is none of those things. And, yes, police detectives use checklists, which some appraisers claim that, for a state appraisal investigator, is a sign of weakness or incompetency. By maintaining proper investigative records, the detective can show out of his or her work file the proper due diligence in working to solve a crime. Just as the police do not prosecute a criminal, the investigator does not prosecute the appraiser. The police send the case to the district attorney's office to determine if there is sufficient cause to prosecute. With an appraisal, the investigator sends the file containing the results of the investigation to the state appraisal board. Then, the board, based in part on the investigator's findings, determines if there is probable cause to charge the appraiser. If there isn't, the board dismisses the complaint. In some, then, the contention that only a real estate appraiser can investigate another real estate appraiser, since any other investigator is incompetent to do so, is totally false. Further, that the investigator using a checklist is somehow a weakness or an incompetency is to claim that disorganization and lack of focus are the epitome of organization and focus. How can those possibly be true? Before that investigator knocks on your door, if you want to consult with me on any aspect of USPAP or real property appraisal, please contact me. My address is tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. I'm Tim Anderson, the appraiser's advocate. I'm willing and able to work with you on a one-time consulting basis or on an ongoing mentoring basis. I appreciate the fact that you've spent some time with us today. Thanks for sitting down. Thanks for taking the time to listen to me. I appreciate it. 
check out my various websites. Go to, for example, YouTube and go to The Appraiser's Advocate. You'll find some very interesting interviews there. If you go to my website, theappraisersadvocate.com slash podcasts, you'll find some podcasts just like these too. Thanks so much. Again, this is Tim Anderson, The Appraiser's Advocate, and we're clear. The detective. Boom, 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 boom.